a different sort of unstable when a man shaves their head versus when a woman does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I always appreciate the warning from both. You yeah. know, <laughs> like... <laughs> And um, like when quarantine first started, I was walking around with the shaved head and like I didn't have a mask yet because masks were hard to come by. I would just wrap a, a t-shirt around my face. Oh God. People could see like that part and like everyone moved out of my way. They're like, we're not sure what militia he's a part of. We don't want to find out. <laughs> yeah. We just know we just want to be at Ralph's. We just want <laughs> toilet paper, man. Please don't hurt my family. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, wait, you've had, like, the most exciting month, like, ever. Ah, that's so funny. Right now, I am quarantined in my house because I have COVID. Um, oh. <laughs> so, don't have exciting months, kids. No, I'm fine. It's just, it's crazy. I don't know who I got it from because nobody I was even near. I mean, e- even going to shows and stuff, I was, like, um, you know, I was still smart about mm-hmm. keep your distance, mask, whatever, but Nobody else seems to have it. Thank God. Um, but I had just gotten the vaccine on Monday, the 22nd. And then the next Monday I tested positive. So I think it's keeping my symptoms extremely mild at this point. Uh, it's all like, I lost my sense of smell and that was pretty much it. Now that's coming back. But um, yeah, no, otherwise great month. <laughs> yeah, no, otherwise great month. What point did you realize you lost your, your sense of smell? Well, here's the thing. It was Sunday. So I did the Rose Bowl. I was going to ask you about that too. Yeah. Yeah. It was a Friday. And so I only say that as like a point of reference. Cause like, that's really when I was out and around the most people, mm-hmm. I don't know. No one I was near there. I let everyone know. No one, you know, knock on wood, everyone's fine. Um, but and then it was the Sunday after that. So two days later, I was packing. I'm also supposed to be moving. Uh-huh. My stuff's all packed. I had to like move my movers back and just stay here <laughs> locked in my room. Uh, it's an adventure. I, okay. I don't know if I even would have noticed, but ever since last year when they announced loss of smell as a symptom, uh-huh. because I already have, I have kind of a weak sense of smell. I don't know why too much blunt force trauma to the face probably <laughs> Uh, what? a lot of sports accidents you know okay, uh, good. I don't know it's just been weak for as long as I can remember so for the past year I've been like creepily just smelling things to be like is it still like <laughs> just throughout the day I'll be like can I still smell you're like because Joe I, Biden I've... with every candle you're just like <laughs> <laughs> yes literally here's one right now I can smell it it's back okay great um, so I was packing Sunday night and like kind of sweaty and like had been kind of a mess because also I got way too drunk at my show at the Rose Bowl. Didn't uh-huh. drink a lot, just haven't been drinking and went from like zero to a hundred. And the next day I was fucking hungover, which looking back is like, well, was it all a hangover? Was I having symptoms in and I didn't know? But <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden I just was kind of like, sweaty and I so I just I smelled my own armpit <laughs> just was mm-hmm. like, you know um and, and you're like I smell fine and your boyfriend's like we need to take you to the hospital <laughs> yeah no I was like I smelled nothing not even a hint of just like human body odor like so then I went crazy and was running around my room like grabbing anything that had a scent I was huffing essential oils just like <laughs> <laughs> 
oh, and it was like, oh, I was like, oh, I definitely cannot smell at all. And of course the next logical step was to then start eating everything in sight to see if I could taste, which I still had taste. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it got thank wild God. for a while, but like, but like the taste never fully went away. Thank God. Yeah, no, I would have killed myself for sure within like two days. I would have been like, I have nothing to live for. Um, You'll taste again. Yeah. Haven't you not seen movies like that? <laughs> Actually, I haven't. I've seen nothing. I'm trying to think what um, was the John C. Riley one where he couldn't smell anything. Um, walk harder. Walk oh, harder. yeah. He had no sense of smell. And then at the end, he got it and he picked up dog shit. I was like, I smell dog shit. It's awful. But it was like <laughs> triumphant. But it was like, yeah, a win. Yeah. So the next morning, I was like, all right, let me go get it a rapid test because I think I might have COVID. And it's so funny because I've done a few rapid tests throughout this entire thing. Um, just, you know, every once in a while, I would go and make sure I'm okay. And they're, they do like the nose swab and they're like, all right, just wait in your car for like 15 or 20 minutes. And usually it is like 15 or 20 minutes and they come and they're like, hey, you're good. They're like, go wait in your car. And two minutes later, someone was knocking on the passenger side door and they're like, mm-hmm. you're positive. So you got to go home. Oh. Uh, so I'm on day, this is actually day 10. So I'm technically in the clear, but I'm staying in for two more days and I have a, there's mail, mail-in tests. So anyways, I'm sure- mm. Everyone is sick of hearing about COVID, but there you go. That's also super true. I think about that like now. It's like, man, I have like 50 episodes where it's just in every episode, but it's because it's a part of our lives, our yeah. complete lives. You can't talk about socializing without mentioning the distancing or that we washed everyone's faces together or everything. Yeah, um, you have to like go out of your way to be like, oh, yeah. we were safe. <laughs> I know every picture everyone has of their family, like, totally safe we all kept six feet apart even though they're hugging in the picture we're like good for you because yeah, we just like, know how difficult it is we just nightmare. accept it yeah i uh, do i want to ask you about the rose bowl what i mean you played it? a Tell place that i saw <laughs> effing acdc at you know like it's and we're i mean we're crazy. basically the same no it, <laughs> it was yeah did you play crazy. the same songs they did i did and people were like why not comedy and i was like you guys don't want comedy what's crazy is as like an achievement, epic to be yeah. playing like the same place. Like, like you said, ACDC as just a show, terrible. So bad for comedy, <laughs> so bad. Well, it was driving and like people were in their cars mm-hmm. and they were told not to honk. Although we were like, fuck you, please honk. Because yeah. the people of Pasadena don't like the noise. And it's like, well, maybe don't live next to a stadium. I don't know what to tell you. Um, so that is funny. They're like, we have the most famous parade in this neighborhood. And we're like, yeah, but can we also keep it down? Yeah. One day a year is fine, but could we, so I was already drunk by the time I went on stage because I was closing the show and I just started making fun of the people in the Pasadena Hills and calling them poor, which is objectively untrue. Like they're so yeah. It's like, Oh, you want me to be quiet because you couldn't afford a home in the Hollywood Hills. It was just <laughs> insane. <laughs> just for the record if i could afford a home in the hollywood hills i would still move to pasadena first because i don't want to drive up the hills i'd rather go go down the valley absolutely no it's a great place to live it's fascinating (laughs) it's a great a lot of people go there when they're like i have a pretty good amount of money i want to be in suburbs and not deal with fucking the clusterfuck of the hollywood hills yeah i went to the rose bowl when i was young and i Every time you go to any stadium, you go through like a bad neighborhood where they can afford to buy a bunch of things. Yes. And when I went as a kid, I was like, why is this in such a great neighborhood? 
This doesn't even make sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, no, it's Pasadena. I don't know. But like, as it's, so the mic was going into people's radios. Like, I mean, yeah, it was, you know, a drive-in show, so it's transmitted through the radio. But because of that, it, you really don't, it doesn't sound like it's being projected. Oh, of course. So you, yeah, you don't get that feeling. You can't hear their laughs. You don't feel like, and it's so sad that the bar of like what I'm thinking I'm supposed to hear is it is what I hear at cheap shows with like a shitty system. But I'm so used to that that like I was for sure yelling. I must have blown out somebody's radio because I was like, "Hello, Pasadena!" Because like I just it felt like something was broken. And I even went back the next night to like watch the show, and it was kind of comforting seeing like perfect like. I'm not saying I am a professional comedian, but like comedians who are bigger than me. Top of the mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Bill Burr and David Spade. You know, like David Spade came on stage, got the mic from the comic who brought him up, Laura Bites, and then he's like, thank you. And then he was like, is this as loud as it gets? So I was like, okay, so like we're all not familiar with this. And even Bill Burr kept being like, and he was doing great. Like people, people would honk and stuff, but like even he kept he on stage was being like, just gotta keep plowing through it. Like, was, <laughs> and I was like, oh, so we all agree that this is the worst environment mm-hmm. for, I don't know how, and don't get me wrong. If the money was on the table and the offer was there, I would do it as well in a heartbeat. I don't know how Burt Kreischer did an entire tour of this and like, didn't want to like rip his hair out. They just play and get used to it, I think. I, I think mean, so. Bill Burr's the guy that plowed through Philadelphia at the most like worst time. And then still in front of all those cars is like, I got to plow through this. Yeah. It was like, so And anytime you could tell that he was like aware of just the situation being shitty, mm-hmm. people would start honking and like, what? Cause they fucking, they're all there for, you know, Bill Burr. That's course. true. But also but, like, if you're Bert, I don't think you're going into Pasadena every day. You're going to those old drive-through movie theaters where they can honk. And so you yeah, encourage that's true. it. So they could go. Yeah. And that is, what a difference that like I had done one drive-in show and it was like in a park in El Cerrito I don't even know if El Cerrito is a place it was some El something El Cerrito is a place it's by the airport that's not where it was uh it was like on the way to San Diego (laughs) L one of the L's okay (laughs) I'm very sorry people from that park you're not listening you hate me uh they don't even know it's them no it was you didn't save the city right they can't be I know. like well it can't be us (laughs) um it was i didn't like it then like even the honking like doing well i was like i think i'm gonna have a seizure (laughs) people are like flashing their lights and i was and you just have to kind of pause for hopeful laughter or Uh going but anyway i have i mean i I attended the magic castle (laughs) yeah you did did? Uh, i haven't done it yet how was it i didn't perform there i was just missing stand-up so i attended Nice. And I felt like rolling the windows down. I mean, I did. I rolled the windows down so I could be like, have my head up. And be like, <laughs> you know, like I had to and give then some like, energy. Sure? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get back in the car. Yeah, it's. Yeah. Well, because, you know, I think as comics, we know, you know that you feed off of the audience's energy. But to For actually sure. be in a situation where like you cannot feel their energy is just mind boggling. Yeah. But I will say that from someone in the car, you do get some of that energy from the comedian within your car. So yeah. the audience is getting a good time. You know, like you are watching it and like, okay, yeah, Eliza's coming through. She's hitting. 
Yes, like, this is working. That's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, there was Troy Conrad was there at the Rose Bowl taking pictures, and luckily he had gone out in the crowd for pictures. And he came. He was he was backstage talking to us, and he's like, "Just so you know, like I was walking through the cars. People are loving it." He's like, I know that it's not going to sound good up there, but people mm-hmm. are cracking up. They're having a good time. So like, don't, you know, he was just trying to be encouraging. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'll have more of this free vodka and just see how it goes. I did a show for deaf people once and it felt like that. Where oh. Did you have a, a translator, obviously? I mean, a sign language. No, different. It was a room where the microphone went directly into their hearing oh, aids. Implant things? Oh, whoa. But because they also are so used to, like, if they laugh, they can't hear. Nobody really can that well. So they're really used to enjoying something in silence. They have kind of trained their bodies to not laugh. And so you would say something and you'd get these smiles and you're like, they are not like, they are so polite, but they are not liking anything. Yeah. And I wonder if there's like, I mean, if there's like a self-conscious thing around like being a deaf person and not knowing how you sound and like, cause there's people who know how yeah. they sound and don't love their laughs. Like, oh yeah. No. And afterwards, like they come up to us and we're like, we loved it. And we're, we're all like, no, you didn't. We were in the room with you. And they were just like, no, no, we really did. You have no idea how much this means to us, but this is how we act towards things. It's kind of nice when you get that, like when someone gives you the after show clarification of like, here's why you didn't hear laughs. And you go, yeah. Oh, Oh, thank God. That happened to me at a show in Switzerland once, which I i mean, I objectively ate shit in a huge theater. I think it was the biggest mm-hmm. show I had done at the time. And like, <laughs> it was a bunch of different, it was for this festival in a place called Montreux, Switzerland. And it was a bunch of English speaking comedians from around the world. Other people went up and did well. I ate shit. But then after the show, I had one of those moments. I don't know if you ever had this moment where like, you've done bad on a show and you happen to be standing next to someone who did really good and an audience yeah. comes up to them and you're like, <laughs> I don't want to make eye contact. So this audience member came up to, I think it was Jeff Sheen. Uh, and she's, oh, you're so funny, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then she turned to me and I was like, oh no. Mm-hmm. And she went, I'm sure that you're so funny. And I was like, that's great. So that's great. <laughs> I'm she sure. goes, you have such a thick American accent and you talk so fast. I don't think anybody understood what you were saying. Uh, and I was like, A, oh fuck. But B, like, oh, really? <laughs> Thank God, I thought you just hated me. And I'm like, I mean, you didn't love me, but there was a reason. And now I have slow down tattooed on my hand because that haunted me forever. He gave it to you. She's like, here, let me give you a little note. And she just put it so she deep. Just, in she just hand. seared it into my hand with a, <laughs> like a brand. Just well, that's a note I've gotten from people who are American. So then hearing it like that, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is a real problem. Like, I need to address this. Every time I meet a foreigner, I'm like, please do an American accent. Like, do a thick American accent. I don't know what we sound like. Oh, there was a Russian comedian who did a whole bit about how Americans sound like frogs. And it was so funny, but also like people were laughing. It was one of those things where everyone's laughing so hard that you're like, Oh, like the reasons I won't do roast battle is because like, I think I know all of my faults, but I don't know if I have 
the fortitude to keep going if someone mentions a thing I don't know is a thing about me. Yeah, and you don't want to learn erupts. about yourself. Like, and they're like, <laughs> oh my God, that's so true. Like, I was like, oh, that's what the whole world thinks we sound like. Yeah. Everyone. And just like, people are crying, <laughs> laughing. And I was like, wow, this, we deserve this, but damn. Yeah, no, I want to know because I, I just hear voices, you know, like I know yeah. what the other ones sound like. I know what the stereotype of every other accent sounds like, except for us. And whenever I get it, they always do John Wayne, by the way. They just always just break straight into him. That's so funny. Yeah. And I'm just like, we don't all call each other partner, you know, like <laughs> that's real specific to those movies. But also that's so funny. <laughs> if that's the stereotype, then that's the stereotype. It's just I like, well, that was a, a that was good for me because I didn't know that my career was going to go in a way where I started doing a lot of stuff internationally and like, Mm -hmm. which is really fucking cool, but getting sort of that information helped inform me for when I am performing abroad. Mm -hmm. Now I know like things I could address about it if I want to like, you know, elephant in the room sort of like about my own voice or being an American. So is as, true. as helpful as it was painful. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. I just think of you as being very Alaskan, which I didn't know was going to equal very American. Me neither, because everyone in America is like, whoa, <laughs> when they find out. Yeah, exactly. Like you're an out-of-towner and you're like, no, I'm still from the same country. Yeah, they're like, no, nah, she'll bite us for sure. <laughs> it feels the same. I just know that you won't freeze to death. You'll find a way to live. Sadly. <laughs> if it comes to that. Wait, wait. And then there's another, the other big giant thing we haven't touched on at all is you have an accomplishment that I didn't know we could have in comedy and you have a hit country record. Yeah. yeah <laughs> I, it's just one song for now, but it, but it's been so well received that I'm going to write, uh, I think I'm going to do an EP at least. I, I think you should. Have... First off, congratulations. Thank I've you, man. It. It's great. Thank and of you. course, like, I've always known you could sing because you were singing like 10 years ago at open mics and stuff. You'd like do Adele <laughs> impressions and stuff. And so <laughs> when you released it, I was like, well, I know the singing's going to be good. But even then when it comes on, it's like a real song and you hit in with a real voice too. And you're just like, huh, huh. You almost want to run around and be like, my friend did something that sounds so real. You have to listen. <laughs> Thank you. I did run around when I first like heard the like production. I was like, oh, I made a song. I made a real song. I think it's not too bad. I hope other people like it. It was like a thing where I was like, I'm extremely hypercritical of myself and everything I put out, I'm like, well, this is garbage, but it's good enough, I guess. Or what? Like, it's just, you know, anything I put out, I'm always like, sh- very shortly after will like find a million flaws with it. If I, if I go back, which I rarely go back and like look at anything, because why would anyone ever? Um, to improve. I know, As a sports it's fan, so looking at the footage is the thing. It's the hardest. That's oh, why yeah. I have so much recorded material in myself and nothing released. That's all on purpose. I just watch and I go, okay, so I hate myself and I hate my act. Okay, I guess I should just look like Dave Chappelle and be Dave Chappelle now. You know, like, I don't know what it's going to take for <laughs> me know. to like, be like, it's, this is good. It's like so good to do to get better. But every mm-hmm. time I'm like, all right, I'm going to watch this set. I'm like, oh, oh, why did I do that? Oh, I look weird. Oh, no. What a stupid outfit. Like, 
But where you this- ever take home a set and you're like, I crushed. This is going to be so good to watch. And then you're like, where was the laughter? I remember laughter. I remember <laughs> hard laughter. It's gone. Yeah, where you're like, I thought like I did okay. And now it seems like I'm bombing. And then like, yeah. it's also, there is, yeah. There like is the fact that depending on how you're recording, you're not going to get the audience. That's why like when I when I did my album, we put like a separate mic in the audience, which is so important. You have to. Stuff. You have to, because you could be crushing, but if you don't mic the audience... It's just going to sound empty. And like people, it's weird that like people's brains need that cue of like, oh, people are enjoying this. I can mm-hmm. enjoy it. But it, like, if you just- That's the magic of alone, comedy. <laughs> yeah. Is it's like, because how much would you laugh if you were one person in the whole theater and then Jim Gaffigan's it? You know, like it would be some laughter, but it's not going to be as much or as open to just roaring laughter. If it's a whole thousand people that are also roaring laughing, you become one. Yeah, you like join that energy. So it's, yeah. yeah. All that to say that like, I was like, I'm I'm pleased with this song. I liked it enough that I was like, I'm going to tell my friends about it. I'm going to post about it and just see if by some algorithmic miracle, I really just wanted like a screenshot of it. Like if I could be like number 200, in the top 200 on iTunes, because that's the bottom of the list. Yeah. I really was like, that would be just like, check the box, like fully accomplish the bucket list, even though I'd already like made the song, which was like the bucket list goal. And then it got up, like I released it and it came out at like number 42. And I was like, (laughs) whoa. And then I was like, well, this probably just happens because of the algorithm. And my boyfriend who happens to be a musician is like, no. (laughs) that doesn't happen and I had released it on Fridays Friday which apparently is not apparently I had asked him well what's the day that people put out like musicians put stuff out I'll do that and he had said Friday and then Thursday night I was like I should have put it out on like a Tuesday it's not gonna chart because real country singers are gonna release their shit and then it did and it stayed up you know it stayed on the charts for like the whole weekend and it was just like crazy and I started getting hit up by people that (laughs) I was like, I was getting hit up by comedy people about stuff because of my country song. And I was like, what? Yeah, I don't know. I'm going to do more. That's a super cool credit because it's one that none of us have. And I think every comic wants to be a musician and every musician wants to be a comic. That's such a like popular thing. And I even like made a TikTok video because the song is in, it's on TikTok. So I was like, I'm planning to shoot like a very low budget, like iPhone music video. But in the meantime because I'm fucking locked in my house and didn't have time. I was like, I'll just do a TikTok and have it on there. And I'll mm-hmm. just, and that's how I entered it. I was like, you know, they say every comedian wants to be a musician. Every musician wants to be a comedian. Uh, I said rock star. And I was like, well, I don't want to be a rock star, but I'd love to be a country star. So I wrote a song, yeah. whatever. But like, yeah. And it's like, I've always liked country music. I grew up in country places. Alaska is very country. A lot of people don't realize that for some reason, but it's like Hicks of the North. Uh, there's literally like, oh, for sure. The first time I ever saw overalls like worn in earnest, just commonly about like at Walmarts and stuff, was in Alaska. I'm from oh, yeah, everyone. And so I've seen like cowboy stuff and like the fancy cowboy stuff and like the dirty cowboy stuff. And I just got off my shift at the ranch cowboy stuff. Never seen it like where you're like, how do you look like you both were at a ranch and on a pier at the same time? Yeah, like, what are you, all the men are constantly in, like, Carhartt overalls, like, durable, and, 
and before that, I, before we moved to Alaska, I lived in Southern Mississippi. So I just grew up on country, but it's been a thing like living in LA. I almost feel like I have to be like, Oh, I kind of like country music. Like I have to be like, <laughs> apologize for it or something. So I'd wanted to do this for a long time. And then I was like, fuck this. Like, why am I, it's because of the stigma. And I'm not saying this, like feel bad for me because people think country music has bad people involved in it. You know, like, no, but like, there are some people who hear you like country music and they immediately like think you're dumb or like make uh, assumptions about your viewpoint or whatever. And then it's like, yeah, no, I can love my dog and also think black lives matter. Like, that's fine. Like it's. Yeah. that's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> So I just kind of was like, fuck it. And I, and I did it. I, I mean, I didn't just do it. I annoyed my boyfriend enough into helping me. I was going to ask, cause there's, you know, so many instruments and things involved like oh, none of that so he me. was so he is a drummer and mm-hmm. uh he's in a pretty popular like alt rock band called the Mowgli's. and so one of his friends who has produced some of their their songs mm-hmm. um after i annoyed my boyfriend enough into being, being like like let's can you help me like i want to i just want to do like one come on we're locked mm-hmm. in quarantine what who cares it'll be fun like he's very kind uh because i think back now and i'm like oh my god what would i do if he was like help me do a five minute set yeah i just i just need a bit i just need to submit to conan yeah then i'm like oh no oh oh so i will forever be grateful to him but he got his friend who's a producer involved who um had done stuff with he's done a lot of different types of music he's worked with a couple um country bands that have been you know i wouldn't say uh he didn't have any like A-list superstars, but they've been on the radio. Some like good, I knew, I knew of some of these bands. I'm like, he plays all these instruments. So I, I went over with yeah, like a nugget a of an idea. Yeah, he knew it, he knew his shit. And I went over with like an idea and we took that idea and wrote out a whole song. And That's I think, great. yeah, it's cool. It's a thing I've always wanted to do, but it had been like, well, I ended up doing comedy. So I guess, I guess that dream will never come to fruition. And I was like, oh. I shoehorned all of my decisions through that one. Like, no, no. I think it's great. Thank you. When I had debated, like, oh, do I put this out under a character name so that it's, like, separate from... And then I was like, no, fuck that. Like, why do people feel like you can't do more than one thing? Yeah, no, exactly. I'm going to do more than one thing. I think it's super exciting and cool. I can't wait for people to like that song and then find out that you're a comedian. Yes. Or people who just love your comedy to be like, wait, what? You know, like, and head towards that and like that too. Like, it works both ways. It's Yay. only but positive. I, yeah, I think so. And I, it's like, it's so funny. I'm getting a lot of, um, I don't normally like country music, but this is great. And I was like, oh, this is just like when I started comedy. Everyone's like, I don't normally think women are funny. And it's like, oh, you're <laughs> you listen to anything? <laughs> yeah, they just want to bring in the backhanded compliment first. Like, yeah. How was it that in their head they didn't think maybe I should just say I like your song? You don't have to explain. I know. I think people think that that will be perceived as more of a compliment, like that I achieved something by making them like a thing that they don't like. And it's like, no, it, you just sound like an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to come in and be like, hey, I'm hateable, but I want to say something nice. Like, yeah. it's just opening the door of hate. Um, so we're almost done, by the way. I wow. pr- promote. Promote the name of the song. It's I need whiskey. Now right? I need whiskey. Now I need yeah, whiskey. Now I need whiskey. Yeah, but it's you'll find it if you just look that up and look up Jessica. Ask Mills your series. In fact, if you're listening to this out loud, 
uh, Alexa, play Now I Need Whiskey. And now it's just going to happen. Oh my God, I just did it for people that are listening to that, not through headphones. Um, I wanted to <laughs> ask, because I know I've grown to love Taco Bell during this pandemic. Yeah. Taco Bell's always been a thing that I've kind of liked, but now I'm like hella into it. Like I got mad <laughs> because like one of the items I got into, they took off the menu during quarantine. I'm like, oh, they why took would you off? take out nachos now? That's I need so nachos funny. now more than ever. I was wondering what you were going to say, because they took, mine is still available, but it's no longer a number, Cheesy Gordita Crunch. Mm-hmm. And that was upsetting. Going through the drive-thru and I was like, can I get a number 10? And then going, wait a second, what's happening here? Yeah. Yeah. Like you would have bought a number 10 t-shirt before. Yeah. You know, like. I would dress as a cheesy gordita crunch. <laughs> if that was an option. So I was going to ask, did Taco Bell, was that like, did it dominate your food choices during quarantine? Or has it been like lessened because now you're driving past less of them? Um, a lot less. Cause I, well, mm. I also, well, this is funny. At the beginning of March, I also totaled my car. So my life is becoming a country song. Um, <laughs> so now I don't go to any drive throughs and now having this conversation. Now you need less whiskey. I, yeah. Or all the whiskey. I'm not sure. Uh, by the way, I didn't drunk drive my car in case anyone is now jumping to that conclusion with me having a song about whiskey, but like uh, it was someone else's fault. But <laughs> this whole conversation is now I'm going to hang up and be like, can I Postmates Taco Bell? And that feels sad. Yes, you can. Uh, Although I'll tell you this, Uber Eats does it for free. Postmates charges you like a dollar twenty-five. Well, look who's getting the Uber Eats app finally. Mm-hmm. I am very lucky. My uh, my boyfriend, who I spent most of quarantine, you know, quarantined with, he got really into cooking, and he's good at it. So oh, that's awesome! I gained a little. I definitely gained like a lot of people gained weight. Yeah. He was making these like big ass portions of like delicious steak and fucking I'm just like, oh yeah. So uh, I've become spoiled and also slightly chubbier than I already was. Uh, but no, I miss Taco Bell. Now it feels like it's a, it's a distant, a very much like every once in a while. And by every once in a while, I do mean almost anytime I pass one, I will stop. I just, it's like <laughs> you said, like, well, because I never have anymore and I'm never on the road. So now it's like, well it's right here well that's exactly what it is is you're like okay i guess i've never been to san francisco but it's past two i'm hungry (laughs) so i better just google taco bell and figure out what's happening next that's so funny yeah i uh i also feel like if i hadn't been quarantined with like if i was single i i bet i would have done a lot more just like going for drives Mm -hmm. and so i I bet you would have yeah because like that's I, I love driving. Like, I love, that's why being like a road comic has worked out for me because pe- people are like, aren't you like, I'll set up like driving tours. It's been a couple of years. I started very fortunate to start like being flown places and like, that's been cool. But I had no qualms about like setting up weeks of shows just like back to back to back. And people go like, doesn't that get exhausting? Don't you look lonely? But something about being in a car is like really meditative to me. So. Oh, it for sure is. It's when you're in the city, it's upsetting. Yeah. Oh. And when you're in between cities, it's the best. Oh, an open road? Oh, so great. Yeah. Especially like at night, you're like, oh, this is going to be either whatever album I want to listen to all the way through or podcast. Yeah. And then like when you're by yourself, you're like, I'm going to yell scream this whole album with this person. This oh, is yeah. going to be the Top best. Of your lungs. I sometimes just yell in my car, not with an album. It's like, this <laughs> weird, it's, I'm sure it's good for my mental health, but also probably concerning to any mental health professional hearing that. But I'll just... 
scream at the top of my lungs. And I'm like, I feel like I got some energy out. That was fun. And now I'm saying it's on a podcast and being like, oh, I am not well. (laughs) I used to have a DVD of how to be able to scream without hurting yourself. And I told me completely. I mean, a metal band. Why did you have uh, no, no, it was just a thing at Best Buy that I was like, yes, I will purchase this. That's amazing. <laughs> like, well, you have to see what this is. Yeah, for sure. So if you ever want to learn how to super scream and not hurt yourself, uh, just look up Melissa Cross on YouTube. She put it all up there. She's oh the one God, that does the, she's, oh, she's the best. She's the expert. She's the expert. She's a genius. I'm going to go to her for coaching for all my uh, drive-in shows. <laughs> <laughs> told you she was going to be a great episode jessica michelle singleton how fun is she uh check out her music so check out her i need a whiskey country song check out her album that uh i feel like there was a consideration at least to nominate her for a grammy for that so check out that album um check out jessica michelle singleton on everything she's hilarious and she's great and she's super talented Actually, now I think about it, she's got to be like pound for pound, one of the most talented people I know. So, boom, there we go. Jessica Michelle Singleton, great, great singer, great comedian, great guest, fun time for all. It was a good episode, happy to have her. Thank you for doing that, Jessica Michelle. And uh, next, if you like Solar Opposites, you're going to love next week's episode. It's Solar Opposites Heavy. I'm getting Garrett Bernard who is a writer for Solar Opposites. I became a huge fan of the show, not even realizing that my friend, who I did open mics with like seven, eight years ago, is one of the main writers for it. His name's even in the credits every episode. I just didn't notice like a fool. And then I got to talking to him and, you know, it came up because he posted on Instagram a picture of uh, Solar Opposites, like, hey, check out the new episodes. And I was like, oh... He works for the new episodes. And he was like, I work on every episode. And I was like, you should do my podcast and we should talk about the wall. If you watch the show, you understand what that means and how big that is uh, for people who watch the show. If you don't watch the show, that means absolutely nothing to you. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun to catch up with him, too. Uh, I'm excited. I haven't even had that conversation yet. I'm already plugging it. So, boom. So, yeah, guys, thank you very much. Uh, as always, I'm at Aaron M. Marsh on everything. Come on down to Instagram, like some of the ugliest pizzas you've ever seen, or go to my my underrated Twitter that people tell me they like, but I don't really have that much evidence of that on Twitter. So who knows? Also, Aaron M. Marsh. Yeah, I think that's it for this. Oh, I mean, just a little update on my life is I have a job now, and so far so good. I know the last couple of episodes I'm like I don't have a job yet. I have a job now. I'm doing good. And it's an interesting job. I'll talk about it in uh, future episodes. Because it is totally normal and also completely bizarre at the same time. Uh, Which makes it a fun little catch. So, how about that? Happy about that. Guys, we've done it. Another episode in the can. Thank you very much. I've said it before. I said it last week. I'll say it again this week. If you have any requests for people for me to try to get for episode 100... 
let me know. Even if you guys want to say something stupid like Barack Obama, I'll send him an email. He's not going to respond, but I'll send it. You know? What if you guys say something ridiculous and uh, it comes true? You know, that'd be really fun if you guys were like, Bill Burr, and he's like, sure, why not? You know, like, weirder things have happened. So, go ahead. Let me know who you'd like for the 100th episode. And uh, I won't reveal who I get once I get them, but I'll drop a good one on the 100th. I promise that. So, thank you guys. Thank you very much for putting up with me. Uh, Thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. And thank you for listening, and thank you for putting up with me. Whether I'm right or whether I'm wrong, whether I find a place in this world or never belong, I've got to be me, I gotta be me.